everybody. Welcome back to the most favorite, the most exciting sports podcast to listen to. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the Donald and Donald podcast. Double D Barber Shop Sports, baby. You know we coming at you straight off script, giving you a brand new, fresh look at the things you think you already know about that's happening in the sports world today. Let's go ahead and pull up a chair and chop it up, man. Man, we got another blazing hot episode to discuss. D, my man. What's going on? Got a question for you. What's up? How can you lose your job as head coach when you are in a three-way tie for the second best record in the association. Man, that's like getting fired on your day off. Uh, just the what else can we do thing without blowing up the roster? Um, they chasing that, that, that the by far favorite in the East is the Boston Celtics. And they trying to do anything that they can to bridge that gap. Um, maybe they thinking a change of coaching staff, somebody who's been here with championship caliber players eventually has made it to the top getting them a championship versus having a first-year coach in any aspects of coaching at all trying to figure this thing out when, honestly, it's championship or bust. I got you, but check this out. When I think about the situation, new coach, new ideas, you second in the East. Okay, you ain't that far off, all right? Everybody's chasing the Boston Celtics, and we know that. But what I'm saying is you had a win, a winning combination, a great record, and you just let all that go. You just walk away from all that. It, it, it don't make sense to me, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's, it's baffling. Not just in, It's no other way to put it. It's a shocking decision. But it's something that they've seen or something that they probably – I don't think this came out of nowhere. I think they had to been talking about it uh, since probably the early struggles early on in the season. But it, it sucks that it happened now when it looks like they finally figured something out and they are actually winning games. But, like I said, they get paid to make these decisions, so hope it has to be something that they felt conviction with Mm -hmm. to pull the trigger on this move right now. Do you feel like Adrian Griffin has another place as a head coach on some other team? I mean, you got people out here coaching like Steve Clifford and Monty Williams. (laughs) Yeah, think about it. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, check this out. The last game that Adrian Griffin uh, actually coached as head coach over the Milwaukee Bucks was against the Pistons, and they won that game 122-113. to 113. Uh, When I look at this, uh, Kate Middleton, uh, you know, Chris, he had uh, 26 points in 31 minutes. Uh, it looked to me like he's getting his legs back. Uh, do you think this right here is going to kind of propel him, and they kind of like – could have the possibility of making this thing happen on all cylinders and making that run now? He's kind of been the missing piece right, for this team as far as that third scoring option, a legit option on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, having him back will help some, take some of that offensive responsibility off of Dame and Giannis. It's just going to be the defensive side of the ball. Right. How well can they stop some of these other talented teams out there? Yeah, because, you know, going in and everything, we already know, okay, uh, that when it came to Damon Litter and everything, okay, he is a defensive liability, okay? Offensive threat all day. But like I say, if his man is super hot, you're going to still have some of the same problems as far as stopping uh, uh, you know, other teams and simply coming down to trying to outscore them. Yeah, and that, that plan isn't always the best. 
The outscoring part? Yeah, the going in and thinking that you can just outscore everybody. Because, <laughs> hey, you get a team that loves to play defense, they lock you down, where you at? Or you just miss a couple shots that you usually make. It, it, it becomes tough. Right. I feel you. Well, check this out. Uh, what other head coaches right now uh, should be feeling the pressure now more than ever to get their teams back on the winning track ASAP? Who you got in mind? Because uh, it got to be some seats warming up. Yeah, you got you got Steve Clifford in Charlotte. You got um, Ronnie Williams out there in Detroit. Uh, I think Unsell Jr. just got replaced in Washington. So, obviously, the team's like that. Um, Brooklyn Nets, I'm not even sure who's the coach out there right now, um, but their team's under underperforming as far as y'all thought y'all built a solid team instead of going two superstars deep. Y'all tried to do the full team route, and it just hasn't came into fruition yet. Um, jobs like that. Um, and even, I think you got to start looking at a Steve Kerr. Mm-hmm. Uh, his seat might start heating up. Mm. But right now, I think everybody else is, because then you look at, like, San Antonio with Greg Pop. Mm-hmm. They're, they're in that position that you would expect them to be in. And who else do you trust to prepare a young Victor Winbanyama? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I feel you on that. I got you. Okay. Well, uh, listen to this right here. Uh, the Hornets have uh, 10 wins on the season. <laughs> yeah, 10 wins. Okay. Listen, they did this when they beat the T-Wolves by three points, 128 to 125. Okay. We'll get to that in a minute. But what's hard for me to understand is this trade they did. Now, they swapped TT, Terry Time, with Kay Lowry, and a first-round 2027 draft pick. Okay, uh, what are we doing? Um, I've been I've been yelling from the mountaintop trades here for the longest. This is not what I had in mind. It has to make sense. This it, don't make it, sense. It's not what I had in mind at all. You bring in a point guard, a true point guard that that your team does not need at all. There's no if he we don't need a Kyle Lowry at this point in his career. At this point of the roster. With the roster that we got, we don't need them. The only thing I could think of, it was a salary dump, getting rid of Terry's paycheck, and then trying to stock up on draft stock. Mm -hmm. That's the only explanation for this draft. It's nothing to make the team better right now. Yeah, and like you said, with a 2027 pick, uh, that's three years away. Yeah, it's nothing to make the team better right now. Um, The only thing I can see is the contracts matched up. And nobody else wanted to take on that Terry Rozier having to pay him what he's owed. Right. So do you think the way he went is going to improve that team that he went to as oh, far no, as that, 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 that Now, for them, that's a win. Mm-hmm. That's a win. Because I think we were just talking about it last episode. Miami Heat needed somebody else who can go get their own bucket. They needed somebody else who can go out there and create their own shot. That's what Terry Rozier is. Yeah. Man, I take the, the 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 most frustrating part to me about the Charlotte Hornets is that it, it's done felt for so long that they're a farm team. It's like people we come in here, uh they try to, you know, they uh, some of the players feel like they're developing themselves. They get good. Other teams see the potential and they just the other teams just pluck them off like fruit from a tree. You see what I mean? But I mean, even we we have bad leadership. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the problem with Charlotte sports all around. Charlotte sports has terrible leaderships in positions that make the, the critical decisions. And then when you look at it, 
it's I think leadership and then just not doing your due diligence as far as researching draft picks, calling teams, seeing what's available for trades, doing a free agency, actually talking to these people, seeing how they would fit and what you got going for instead of going into these free agent meetings telling them what they want to hear like the Terry Rozier thing telling him that this will be your team Terry you're not that guy to have your own team the plan should have never been for this to have been Terry Rozier's team so when LaMelo Ball came in that wouldn't have been a dynamic that we had to deal with then you look at things like coaching staffs you, you, you guys don't hire the man. You guys don't go out there and get the best available of anything, whether it's players, whether it's coaches, whether it's general, anything. You guys wait and you scrape the bottom of the barrel and you and you hope that that works. That's not going to work. Exactly. Not at all. I just taken, I can't see how you can be satisfied with mediocrity. Ain't no way. Then you turn around and everything and you lose your next game to the worst team in the league by seven points. And that's the thing, too. I'll give us credit for um, walking out of that Minnesota game with a W. Honestly, uh, Carl Town shot them guys out of that game. They should have won that game. Uh, I want to say he had 60 going into the fourth, or 58 going into the fourth. He scored four points, but he went three for 10 in that fourth quarter. And he was just chasing numbers at that point. They was up 19. He literally shot them out of a game. We took advantage of it, but that, that's not a – everybody's saying, oh, y'all beat the number, number two team. And, uh, but when you look at context, we really didn't beat them. Right. They beat themselves. Mm. They didn't beat themselves. Carl Anthony Town <laughs> had other plans. <laughs> Winning the game was not on his – that wasn't on his mind. He was trying to put up 70 like Joel Embiid did that night. Right. He, he was focused on – and Anthony even – Ant came out and said it. Like, oh, once he started getting going – we kind of chilled out a little bit. Yeah, it looked like everybody else was watching. They wanted him to go for 100. (laughs) So that's what I said. We didn't necessarily win that game. Mm -hmm. The next game coming out against the Pistons shows exactly. That shows who we are. Because earlier in the season, if they didn't have their historically bad run, we would have been talked about just as bad. Or we was on a losing streak. As well, it was just theirs was a little longer than ours. We we snuck out a couple wins in between there. So, you know, they had the history thing going on. But we was right, along, we was right there with them. We was right alongside them. Looking at them in the eye. <laughs> now, uh, here's another little concern that I have, man, when it comes to this uh, this uh, Charlotte Hornets team. All right, so when uh, the Charlotte Hornets played the T-Wolves, okay, P.J. Washington starting lineup. Uh, when the Charlotte Hornets played the Detroit Pistons, P.J. Washington off the bench. First of all, man, I don't like the back and forthness. I don't even like it, and I'm not even playing the game. I know he has to have a problem with it, and maybe he's that mal-tempered guy that ain't going to say nothing, but you can't do this to a person, man, and expect continuity. Man, that's I don't know. What do we expect from Steve Clifford? Like, this is what it all, comes, Mediocracy. it all comes down to. What did we expect from a coach that has shown he doesn't put teams in the best positions to win games? Are we the only person to see this, though? We can't be the only people to see this, man. Nah. But the people, like you said, that makes the decisions, that's able to call these shots, and be able to, uh, you know, to do the things that they need to do, it's like they're turning a blind eye to this whole situation. Listen, you sign one player to max deal, thinking you're going to keep fans in the stands, but listen, it runs so much more deeper than that. You feel me? Because now you, you, you got to still keep him. 
You have we, to keep We've seen people get paid max deals and in the next couple years demand to trade. Yeah. Exactly. And man, it, listen, if that's not brewing in the pot, is if, if that's not on the stove warming up. Yeah, I know he loves being in Charlotte, but I don't know how much love you can have for a place to where you just, you're willingly ruining your career. Yeah. You're willingly sabotaging your career staying in Charlotte right now. Yeah. And for, you know, you know how much we love sports and we know how much uh, we just love to watch it and everything that goes along with it, man. The fans deserve better. And I, quite honestly, I think the, the the players deserve better. You feel me? And that's the thing. Everybody's, if it ever happens, God forbids, I want LaMelo to retire a Hornet. Mm-hmm. But if it ever happens to the point where he decides he has to move on, you can't blame him. And that's what, I think that's what it's going to, we're going to, the fan base is going to hate LaMelo Ball if he ever decides to leave the Hornets. But if you look at it, if it doesn't change from here going forward, why would anybody want to play here? Right. Yeah, because if, if there was a, a Ford-type thinking organization, which clearly by the decision-making they not, we should have snatched up Doc Rivers. You feel me? It's people out here that does, Mark Jackson has shown able to, what he did with that earlier Warriors team, build the foundation. No, he didn't see them to the mountaintop. But that foundation was solid. Is what made that team who it became to be. It was already in place. So bring in a guy like that who can get something in place. I call Mark D'Antoni someone. <laughs> At least we know what his philosophy is. Right. Can't nobody tell me what Steve Clifford's coaching philosophy is. Mm-hmm. Because I don't I don't think he has one. <laughs> like period. He just knows I gotta pick five players to start the game. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, that ain't gonna work. But check this out. Uh, but uh, this night too, though, uh, B. Miller he had twenty seven points. Man, they may have been one of his best uh, offensive outings and everything. Uh, he seems to be kind of coming into his own, uh, getting a little bit more comfortable and, and becoming a scoring threat, and really now starting to contribute to the team on a consistent basis. Tell me how you feel about B. Miller's play. Um, yeah, he's been great. Um. If, if it wasn't for those seven foot five aliens out there like Chet and Wimby, uh, I, I would feel comfortable saying he's the best rookie in this class. Mm. But you do have those seven foot five guys out there wandering around. So, other than that, what I think the Hornets did, they rarely got it right. Mm-hmm. One of the rare times we actually got it right. Um, it pleased your player, LaMelo. It's who he wanted. He didn't want to play with another point guard on top of having to play with Terry to start the season. So you did. You guys did that right. And that's the thing. In the past couple years, the past two years, yeah, we've done better at drafting because we, we hit on Mark Williams, who I think is going to be a, a staple piece for this team going forward whenever he gets back to playing meaningful basketball. We, we, we got Brandon Miller correct this year. Somebody who Mellow Ball came out and said he wanted. Absolutely. And he actually fits in what LaMelo Ball wants to do. Can we hit again? It's it, hard It's, it's hard, hard for lightning to strike twice. It's hard for me to, and especially with our history of messing things up. Mm-hmm. And then we seen what we did with Terry, which was, I think, one of our biggest building pieces going forward. And I'm talking about the trading of Terry. If we would have got that right, it could have put us in a way better position. 
Yeah. I don't think we got it right. No, I don't feel they got it right either. Now, uh, Gordon Haywood, he's still nursing a boo-boo. He ain't been playing for a couple of games. But tell me, what would have, what have, would have gotten it right? Uh, let's, let's revisit that for one second. Uh, okay, Terry, still in the trade talk and everything, still in the bargain, still in the deal. What would have got it right? Trading for who? Bringing who in with what we got now? Um, bringing in a younger two-guard. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the thing, too. I feel like we could have got it done in bulk instead of going and getting a higher... Because Kyle Lowry has put in the, the the work. His resume speaks for... He's put in the work to deserve what he's getting paid. We should have went for younger younger talent and more draft picks. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's pretty much it. I'm not saying we needed to go out there and get a Mikael Bridges, go out there and get a Tyler Hero, go out there and get Jante Murray or, or Tyus. None of these, even Tyus Jones, though, put him on the bench. I'd be happy with that because he's a cheaper, you know, he's a cheaper point guard that we can put on the bench versus Kyle Lowry coming off our bench now, if he even plays, because I don't even know the last time I seen him play in Miami. Right. So <laughs> it's, go get one of these cheaper guys. That on you know that teams are willing to let go of, um, and try to get more even if it's second rounders, right? Get more picks, mm-hmm. more picks because you get that one pick three years from now, we don't know what either team's gonna look like, right? Uh, it it, it's, it still just seems to me, man. That uh, uh, a lot of what needs to be done is locked up in this roster somewhere, but right now the coach is coaching his team just don't have the key to turn the lock. And that's what I'm saying too. Uh, first off, you gotta have a coach who can unlock that next level for players. Right now, we're seeing what we've been seeing from these guys. We we know what these guys, uh, except for Nick Richards, who had 21 this game, nine for 13. Great game from him. He's going to have to do it more consistently. Now that I'm expecting him to have a bigger role with us trading Terry away, he has to have a bigger role. Him or Boop. Somebody has to have a bigger role. No one, question. One of these younger guards, and you got two younger guards with no, 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 nothing. No, no, DNPs. <laughs> For what? Like, I don't understand it. Especially um, when you have other teams, they they taking every person that's on that roster hit the flow at some point in time that night, and we go with DNPs and everything, and and this is where we at. When you when you when and it's not like Lamelo Ball played great. He was six for twenty one. Mm-hmm. I think that like the the last a couple of games he played, he was below twenty points in productivity. So like, give some of these young guys. You don't know what you have because you haven't given them a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Now, we don't talk about 60 in a loss. Let's talk about 70 in a win. All right, uh, Joel Embiid, congrats on that. Put up a double-double, baby. 70 points with 18 rips. All right, beat the San Antonio Spurs by 10, 133 to 123. But check this out. There was somebody else on the court that night, baby, because you know how much I love my what? What I love? The Wimby Watch. My Wimby Watch, Victor Wimby Ha-ha, <laughs> yeah. 33 points in 28 minutes, baby. Are you not impressed with his continued development? Oh, yeah, man. He He's going to be special. He's going to be special. And now he's unlocking that aggressiveness. Uh, he's always he's, he's in attack mode now. He's he's taking games personal. Um, and that's what this matchup was for Joel. It was that welcome to the NBA moment for Victor. 
um, like letting them know you're gonna have to see me. <laughs> for, I'm here for the next ten plus, man. You're gonna have to see me. <laughs> so it was one of those. It was one of those uh, great games, though, and it, it just shows great. Victor has a great trajectory right now. It's, it's looking like he is gonna be one of the greatest to ever play this game. Oh man, and I'm just glad that we're being able to witness it. You feel me? Okay, check this out. Uh, other games was played, and this another game that kind of stood out to me. The Celtics, which has the best uh, record in the league right now, is still quietly going about their business. They took care of the Mavs this night, a uh, one nineteen to one ten. But this is what I had saw: Luca, Kyrie, and Hardaway Jr. combined for seventy six of those one hundred and ten points and couldn't get it done. Concerned? Um, I don't. Can they play much better than that and everything without Luca getting a fifty piece? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Kyrie a forty five and some change. When you look at it though, Jalen Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum combined for seventy three. <laughs> they got. That's why they had the best record in the so league. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> when you when you're going up against your three best players, do what they supposed to do. But it only takes two of their guys to get the same production. <laughs> <sighs> Love it. This is this is what makes Boston so dangerous. Wee! That two top guys is legit two top guys. Oh, ain't no doubt. Like and then the rest of the team we talk about all the time. They always are gonna contribute something. It don't matter if it is six points from Derrick White in 34 minutes. We needed those six points. It don't matter if it's Luke Cornett with two points in 19. We needed those two points. <laughs> and this team understands that. And then you look at this game, they still aren't without Christoph Porzingis. And when he's played, that team looks even more dangerous. Absolutely. It, Ooh, it, it doesn't take away from Jason Tatum or, or Jalen Brown when Kristaps on the floor. He's just another cog in that machine that keeps it going. Ooh, well, that, that's machine, what makes baby. this team so dangerous, man. So, hey, basically, is their championship to lose? Oh yeah, this is their year. This has to be their year. If, got to get it if right. I don't figure it out now. It's gonna be some changes coming to Boston because mm-hmm. you can't. First off, you can't keep the the pay up. What you're gonna have to pay these guys is is gonna be tough to keep this all together. Especially if it's not equal in championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt on that, man. Well, we're going to check it out. You know what we do, right? Listen, the Suns beat the Bulls 115-113. to 113. KD, he did his thing. 43 points, baby. You know, he do what he do every night. But when I looked at the Bulls, six of the nine players scored in double digits. But none of those players was named Zach Levine. Yeah, he wasn't there. <laughs> I think he's still looking for a new place to go. He, they done shut him down? He, or he done get, shut himself he, down? He probably shut himself down. He trying to get out of that windy city. And it's cold up there now. <laughs> he, probably, he probably said, yeah, man. Go buy Coke. I'm trying to pick a star. Sunny LA or something. But he, he's sick of all this. But he, what, he was in Minnesota. <laughs> I know he's trying to get back to the warm weather, man. But what is this landing spot, though, man? You got so many trade rumors. You got so much stuff going on and everything. Over here, over there. Good team, bad team. He, he'll fit here. Maybe this, maybe that. I mean, where do you think at the end of the day he going to land? I just don't think the teams that really want him mm-hmm. have enough to get him without sacrificing championship possibility. Because if you look at, like, the Lakers, for example, who he's been tied to a lot. 
You'd have to come up off of D'Angelo Russell, maybe Rui, first round pick, something like that. Well, I don't, I don't know about that. That's a no go. I don't know about that, especially with how D'Angelo Russell's been playing as of late. He hearing it, and he playing up yeah, to standards I now. I don't know about that, especially what Rui Hachimura did for us in the playoffs last year. I just don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> with, with, with what we know going future, with 50-year-old LeBron being on our team, we already done traded all our draft picks to get Anthony Davis when we did that move. I don't know about giving up some more to get Zach Levine. It ain't no more to give. That's what, so it's, it's kind of tough when you look at what the asking price would be to get a Zach Levine. Mm-hmm. I don't know what team can afford to give up. Because I would expect they want first-rounders and they want a starter-quality player, if not two. Right. So if you think, say, for instance, he do go somewhere, we don't know where that'll be. We don't know. But wherever he do go, uh, does it uh, immediately put them in contention at that point? Because I'm really thinking about his play now. How much can he really contribute if the action price is so high? That's the thing. If he can go to a... Now, a thing that did come across my mind, if the Heat can find a way to flip Terry Rozier in a package deal to land him a Zach Levine... That he'll help them immensely. Because, like I said, they need a scorer who can go get their own bucket. Terry Rozier is great. Zach Levine is that much better. Mm, gotcha. And he's probably a better defender just because of his size and length versus having Terry Rozier, who's a smaller two guard. Right. So, that's in deals like that, things, situations as far as that, even if Trey Young can somehow get the Hawks to send DeJounte. To the Bulls, Dejounte would not like that. That wouldn't benefit him at all. But I think that'll help that Hawks team in a in a way. It'll give Trey Young an actual second threat. That lob threat between Trey Young and Zach Levine would be amazing. Mm-hmm. And then also Zach Levine can create his own shot. Absolutely, because Atlanta Hawks, they've been going a little bit quiet here lately and everything, and I don't think they've been playing up the expectation themselves. They don't even feel like they have. It's... it's, it's they're one of the teams that is coming to the point where they might have to blow it up. Yeah. If they can't make a drastic change, they're going to have to blow it up. Because you have a Trey Young on that team. Where, where you guys are is unacceptable. Right. Especially after he's shown to have success in the playoffs. You just got to help him get there. Right. He right. can't do it by himself. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we're saying that. With Steph Curry, they're kind of in the same situation. Like, you guys expect they're great shooters. They're great playmakers, great ball handlers. They can do almost everything offensively other than dunk. And y'all expect <laughs> them to do everything other than dunk. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> Listen, you know, uh, uh, a flip, double flip is not out of the question and everything. Holiday? Do that kind of come to mind on kind of where they had moved it around? I'm talking about that it can happen where you can trade a player to a team Just and then he end up at another team because he at that team because they teamed up. Yeah, and I think that's and that's what I hope we're doing with this Kyle Lowry situation. Mm-hmm. I hope it's a, to send him off to a contender somewhere. I hope well, what scares me is, you know, a lot of times when these older guys get traded to an undesirable place, it ends in a buyout. Yeah. I don't want to walk away from this with nothing other than the 2027 first round pick. Yeah, I feel you on that for sure. Listen, check this out. Them Clippers beat them Lakers, okay? They turning this thing into their house, man. 
I mean, they really are. They playing out of their mind. Now, listen, LeBron was a DMP. Cool. We had six players for the Lakers that was in double-double, double digits. AD, he gave his traditional 26 points with 12 rips. I'm looking at D-Ham, though. He said, I'm, I'm going to stick with the starting lineup. Now, but what's the starting lineup again? Because I didn't get that memo. Okay, because Cam Reddish, according to this, didn't even start this game. I know LeBron didn't play, but what? I mean, where we at? Yeah, that's the thing. When you have Cam Reddish healthy, I think you go back to D-Lo, Cam, whoever else. I know LeBron didn't play. Uh, I I still don't think Terry and Prince is our starting full, but he, he seems to play every game. That's the one. Now, that's the one constant other than LeBron and AD in this starting lineup is Terry and Prince. But 11 points in 33 minutes is unacceptable. That 45% three-point average that I've seen, I just don't see it when I'm watching the games. Right. And they say that's his statistic. They say he's shooting 40-plus from three. I don't be seeing it. <laughs> the statisticians must be writing every this down with I'm their eyes closed. This, every time I look in this box score, it's something like this. <laughs> he's giving us something like this. Mm-hmm. But my thing is, you, 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 you keep coming out with philosophies. With, with, I'm doing this because of this. I'm doing this to try to get us to do this. I'm doing this. But then you, you you change it as soon as the next game come around. Like like I said, your whole reason for putting Cam Reddish in the starting lineup in the first place was to give us a defender, an extra defender. Cool. Cam Reddish is back. You got two scores in there, Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell, who practically do the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. And Austin Reeves has looked better coming off the bench this year. When he starts, he kind of five for 14, two for eight. That ain't That ain't lovely. No, not at all. Not at all. So it, it, you gotta just come up with something, man. Do you know? Do you know what is the the most dangerous thing to have to deal with when it comes to sports? What's it? An indecisive coach. We can't do it like that. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying? And it looked like exactly what he is like. He ain't even sure for himself, man. I had heard that the other game, LeBron came out and everything, and he coached the team, told Deham what he needed to do, and the audience applauded him. That's and I think they end up winning that game. That's what we usually. Do. Hey, I ain't gonna lie. Maybe we need to let LeBron do what he been doing with with coaching the team. <laughs> it's worked out in the past. Come on, man. Make a decision. Ask Tyron Lue. <laughs> Yeah, listen, games to watch tonight. Cut it up. You got Denver and them New York Knicks. You know them New York Knicks has been warming it up. Okay, then you got the defending champions still defending. Talk to me, Denver, New York. Um, I kind of want to lean towards New York in this game just because Jamal Murray hasn't felt like himself or felt like the Jamal Murray when he gets to the playoffs. And maybe that's just what it is. He he turns it up an extra notch when he gets to that playoffs. But in regular season, he just doesn't give off that same energy that he, he gave that helped him to that championship last year. Um, they're still a great team. They just look kind of to took the pedal took the pedal off the middle. You know, a, little, a little ordinary a little right off now. The gas a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's that's a difficult thing when you got a team like New York who's all in right now. They're going all in. Uh, Jalen Brunson, ultimate self, like he has the ultimate self belief. Like he, when it, it, you, it's evident in his play. Like you, he, he goes out there like, yeah, I can do whatever. 
I, I can do whatever. I can will my team to win any game. Um, great from your leader. And then you, we know what Julius Randle can do. Uh, we know how big the OG Ananobi pickup has been for them. Uh, what can we get from the rest of this roster? Though? Right, yeah. Going down the stretch will be a big thing. Are they even a threat right now to even repeat? You know what I mean? Because like you said, the only time you want to play is in the postseason. That, that, that playing, not playing now is not going to get you there. Um, I... Honestly, you just got to respect what the Joker can do to you. Yeah. You got to respect what he can do to you. And then, like like I said, they kind of – they kept their roster intact as best as as best as you would think. They let go of Bruce Brown, who, yes, he did some great things for them on that run to the championship. He wasn't one of the – like, if you was watching that game and you was thinking, like, ah, oh, they ain't have Bruce Brown – they wouldn't be no. Nah, it wasn't that. <laughs> it was more Jokic, Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, um, KCP. Those guys were the reasons, were the main reasons why they were able to make that run. Right. They kept those guys, mm. so it you know it kind of kept that familiarity and with each other's game. So mm. with that, when you get to the playoffs, I do think you have to respect them because right. they've shown they can do it. Mm. And the way they did it last year was impressive. Right, exactly. Like you said, if you got the Joker, you can always have the opportunity to win the game. How about this one right here? This is pretty interesting. Celtics versus the Heat. Uh, TT playing tonight. You think? That's the thing. I don't know. I don't know if if he's gonna be out there. Um, hot, Triple J is a game time decision. Yeah. Uh, you know how I feel about him. I think he's a big, big piece and. It looks like the the Celtics are 100 percent healthy this game. Oh boy! So, uh, but Miami should come out here and want to make a statement, though. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, make I mean, make it hard the, for them. Any game, who, any team who plays against the Celtics right now should bring their best game every game. It's a measuring stick game, mm-hmm. especially if you're projected to be in the playoffs. Right. You right. got to get through this team. And you know what? Unless, you know how far Miami made it last season. Unless somebody luckily does it for you, mm-hmm. you're going to have to get through this Celtics team. Right. Right. No, don't see that happening. No I don't see soon. nobody just eliminating them in a seven game series. Mm. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel you. Now this is game is very interesting to me, man. The Kings versus the Warriors, man. Okay, we did like you. We you just mentioned about you know Steph Curry and everything and how he has to carry so much of the load. Uh, people don't came back from suspension and everything. And the, the Kings, they're not a bad team. Uh, they still can can win and make things happen. Uh, what you see in this matchup tonight? Um, I kind of I kind of want to go with Steph. Mm-hmm. I think Steph has one of his his moments where he wills this team to a victory. Um, and what the Kings are kind of squandering right now. They do take it. They they four. They've lost four out of the last five games. Uh, now, granted, it was against Philly, Milwaukee, Phoenix, and Indiana. Mm. There was four losses. Pretty good teams. Yeah. Uh, so we just gotta see. Uh, like, but like I said, I think Steph comes out and has one of those one of those games uh, that you just. It's hard for the other team to win. Yeah, I feel you on that for sure. You know, we're going to watch that thing, and then we're going to do what? Talk about it. Next, listen, women's college hoops, baby. First and foremost, I want to congratulate Ohio State for their win against Iowa in overtime. Great job. Got an issue, though. A girl CC. (laughs) Caitlin Clark, man. She didn't get banged up playing the game. Clark stated 
She got the wind knocked out of her by someone who rushed to court after the game. Man, the potential for injury was very possible. I'm so happy that that didn't happen. You know, we love a girl logo. Here's my question, though. Should fans rushing the court or field be banned by the NCAA or is it already is and people just still do it? Um, I know they tried to limit it, but I think it's a part of the game. It's a part of the experience, really. Uh, now, I do see the, the danger part of it, how it, how it is a, a safety risk. Um, I think it's just hard to ban something like that. It's kind of a tradition. It's, it's one of those things. I think we just got to be better at controlling it. If there's any way to, uh, if there's any way to litigate, like having an escape route is the best way I can say it. Okay. For opposing teams, right? Where it's cut off, like there's no, you can't get here, or even let them stand there for have security block it off for a little bit. Mm. Let the other team clear the court. Something like that, but if if you can't find a way to do that, make that work, then it, it has to be because this isn't even not even running into players, knocking them down, things like that. We've seen fans get onto the field, get onto the court, and put their hands on these student athletes, getting these student athletes' face unacceptable. Say, say the most derogatory statements to these student athletes, unacceptable. You have to protect them at some point. At all times, yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Well, hopefully it don't happen again, at least not to this magnitude. And if it does, hopefully it's a situation where if, if fans, I know they like when their team uh, have upsets and everything, but do it in an organized, respectable way. You feel me? And like you say, hopefully they'll be able to, uh, you know, do something about this so it don't happen again. Listen, the game we've been waiting for, baby. <laughs> South Carolina, number one, undefeated against LSU tonight. Listen, both teams now, both teams put up 99 points against a previous opponent. South Carolina against Texas A&M. Our girl Cardoso with a double-double, 17 points. 13 rips. Your girl, full wallet. Okay, 21 points in 20 minutes off the pine. LSU put up 99 against Arkansas. A girl, Angel Reese, double-double. 16 points, 17 rips. And how about a girl, Van Leaf? Huh? 20 points. And she started this game. That wasn't no accident. Listen, here's my question, baby. Now, with that being said, in these games, 99-99 against who they played, the question is, has LSU shown more tenacity to get this thing done against number one South Carolina tonight? Uh, now, the 99 is great. You know, putting up 99 is great. But let me let me tell you something else. <laughs> uh, South Carolina put up 99 to 64. Mm-hmm. You know the game before that? Mm-hmm. 98 to 36. Mm-hmm. You know the game before that? What's that? 81 to 57. Keep it coming. You know the game before that? Uh-huh. 85 to 66. Before that? We ain't finished. Going. 89 to 66. <laughs> These games ain't close. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Not a single one of them. And that tells me that they get it done on both sides of the floor. Offense and defense. Now, don't get me wrong. LSU, last two Williams, 
20 points. 98 to 68, 78, 58. Mm-hmm. Great. How are you going to be able to do that against a team? Honestly, we know better than you right now. Mm-hmm. Don't, no way around it. They're better than you right now. This is going to be, you got to come out there and fight. You got to come out there and it has to be every small little thing you have to be on. You have to, communication, diving on the floor, grabbing every loose ball possible, boxing out. Every, I mean, everything has to be done. I won't say perfect. You, it's hard to have a perfect game. But just the the willingness or the hustle, the fight, the heart has to be perfect. Right, right. That side of the game has to be perfect. Yeah. You can't have mental lapses against their South Carolina team. You can't turn the ball over and put your head down and not run back. Things like that is the only way you're going to win this game. You guys have talent. Like don't You guys have talent. You guys can't put up numbers. Can you defend their talent? It's not even can you. You have to be willing to play the type of defense that you're going to have to play tonight. That's a difference. It's a difference. Because I would like to think everybody in Division One can play some type of defense. You have to be willing to play defense where you know you're going in undermanned. You know you're going in out outmatched. That type of defense is different. It's no seconds to breathe. It's I'm in you from tip off to the last horn. It's cool. I'll take two to three fouls off ball to let you know I'm here. Yep, yep. Taking charges, yeah. That's the type of things I'm going to have to see from LSU if they want to win this game. Do you think they got it in them? I mean, I I understand what you're saying, man. It's going to have to be a tenacious game. I'm talking about taking charges, setting picks. I'm talking about wiping the boards and everything. With a leader like Angel Reese, Mm -hmm. I do think they have it in them because she has it in her. Right. She has in, in that run to championship last year, she's shown a lot of fight. Mm-hmm. She showed a lot of fight, a lot of grit, and that's her, really her game. She's a get down in the, get down on the block, fight for position, fight for offensive rebounds, go right back up strong. You come down here, I'm gonna try to send it back to you. Like she has that to her game. She's gonna have to get the rest of her team to follow suit. Right. Now, uh, we know uh, the big names. We got Angel Reese, and then, you know, you got Cardosa. I think that's right here going to be something to take and watch and see how they take and interact on the, on the court and everything because, like you said, when it comes to LSU, I, I do feel like they're going to have to get off to a very quick start. Yes. All right? And they're going to have to shut down that center position, which is kind of hard to do because we had mentioned earlier and everything, when it comes to South Carolina, man, they're like 13 deep. LSU ain't that deep. Yeah, they run at about 7-8. Right. That. Mm-hmm. And those three off the bench really don't give a lot of production most games. Right, right. So, so say for instance, like this right here. Say for instance, South Carolina wins this game, okay? Just say they do. What's the percentage now of a perfect perfect season for Don Staley and this women's South Carolina basketball team? What what you well just give me a percentile, baby. Um, I'm trying to see what other games they would have. Because I'm uh, trying to tell you, it's a possibility. Yeah. After this, I think you got to look at like 95%. Okay. Because the other only other big game is the UConn game, um, the 11th of February. Mm-hmm. And then after that is straight unranked opponents. Cakewalking? Yeah, yeah. To where you don't think this South Carolina team loses to any of these unranked opponents. Right. Yeah. I feel you Especially on that. if they get through this 
mm-hmm. LSU. I think this LSU game is their biggest hurdle or biggest obstacle mm-hmm. in the regular season. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Go ahead and give me a scope. Um, South Carolina, LSU. I'm going to go South Carolina. Okay. I'm going to go South Carolina, 88, LSU, 79. Man, that's going to be a great game, man. And you know our eyes are going to be on it. Well, check this out. Uh, Clemson, Duke, Florida State, and USC, they all lost uh, the night that that other game was played. Okay. But uh, Stanford, they did win uh, this night. Uh, They won with four guards and one forward. Okay. Giving Tara Vanderveer. 12-0-3 12-0-3 and counting. Hey, keep it up. Keep going. Our girl Cameron Brink. Hey, speedy recovery, Cameron. Okay, come back healthy to make this tournament run. Yeah. All right. Uh, listen, uh, UNC, they took care of a feisty Louisville team, 79-68. to You feel me? So, they still making it do what it do. But, uh, hey, Dima, man, I, I, I got to tell you about a game, man. Uh, this, this, listen. <laughs> This women's college basketball. This game that I'm about to tell you about was so exciting and so intense. They pa- they paused the AO coverage. It was put on hold until this overtime session was finished and a winner was decided. Do you know what game I'm talking about yet? What game is that? Man, this is the game where the girl Alyssa Peeler, okay, and them Utah used against UCLA, baby. Can I please chop it up for you? Man, let me hear it. <laughs> Listen. Now, this was a heavyweight bout, okay, between the Utah Utes and UCLA, and they was at Utah. Now, in the, near the end of regulation, there was some empty possessions by both teams. Cool. But it was a late bucket by Utah with seconds left on the clock that tied the game at 72 all and pushed this thing into overtime, baby. Listen, right after the ball toss in the extra period, UCLA, they shot a three, but it was unsuccessful. Utah got the ball back, and McQueen, she drove the lane. It was fouled hard to the floor. Listen, she missed that basket, but she stepped to the line and had a couple of smooth free throws, just dropping them in. You know what I'm talking about? Giving Utah just a little bit of breathing room. But wait, there's more. UCLA responded with a bucket of their own. Then the Lady Utes responded by popping a three. And the Lady Bruins was forced to respond. It wasn't even until late in the overtime period, baby, that AP even made a bucket of her own, okay? That was off an offensive rebound. Then she stepped to the line and everything and dropped a couple of free throws of her own to say, this is my house, all right? UCLA, they started falling behind, and time was running out. So they decided to shoot ill-advised three-pointers, trying to catch up, but to no avail. Then the Lady Utes, they tightened up on their defense, realizing that they had UCLA on the ropes. End of the game, and what it ended up being was Utah prevailed. Putting ice on the cake, putting the game away with a couple free throws, icing that thing. Utah 94, UCLA 81. Listen, we try to tell you, baby, that women's college basketball was on fire. What you think, my man? Talk to me. Nah, um... You know how I feel about this Utah team, especially Elisa Pilly. Uh great great game for them, great fight. Um and then this this game in particular makes me optimistic about them going forward. They picked up Elisa Pilly when she had a bad game. Mm-hmm. Four for fifteen, oh for two, sixteen for, like the stats sixteen and six, great. The shooting wasn't there tonight. It was tough for her. Um but then you get 21 from McQueen, 21 and 9 off of 6 and 11. You get 16 off of 6 and 10, 4 from 6 from 3, 
from Young. Uh, Wilt came off the bench 6 of 10, 4 for 7 from 3 for another 16. So they picked her up when she was struggling, and that's what you want to see from your team going into the stretch. We've established our number one. We've established our star. Now we need the rest of the team to have her back when she's not playing at her best. Right. Because that's what's going to help you get as far as you can in that March Madness tournament. Yeah, absolutely, man. But I see a name right here, man. Talk to um, me. For UCLA. Who that be? That be Gabriella Haquez. You know who that is? Who that? Triple J's little sister. Are you serious? Yeah. 21 points in 36 minutes, baby. They whole family must can ball. Triple J, 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 J. Yeah. That's, that's, that's Gabby. That's his little sister, man. Man, so, that's wonderful, man. It look like it's running in blood. It do, don't it? Yeah. And nothing. It look like Utah really just took this California trip. This series, they played four teams for California. Right. I think the only one they lost to was a Stanford team. Mm-hmm. Um, great team to lose to. And then you do have two great upsets in that USC victory. And then now pulling out one against UCLA. Absolutely, man. Like I said, on fire. Now, listen, it are, it, there are other women's college basketball games scheduled to be played along with this South Carolina LSU game. Still going to be fun to watch as well. You got Florida State against Duke, Georgia Tech against Virginia Tech, Boston College against Louisville, NC State against Clemson, Ohio State against Illinois, Gonzaga against Santa Clara, Syracuse against Notre Dame, and our girls, Miami against UNC, baby. You know how we feel about Deja Kelly and Alyssa Usby, baby. All right? And they right there on a the little mini uh, win streak they sells. Yeah. Smoking red hot action. Uh, must see. What? Keep it going. TV. TV. <laughs> I got you. This thing. I got you. Listen, next up, we got that coaching chess match that we have to talk about. And these conference final games have to to be played. We gonna chop it up. Don't miss it. We'll be all right back. Listen, we got this coaching chess match, my man. It's still going. It's not over. But let's start right here. Uh, We talked about this a little bit, okay? And I just kind of want to reiterate the conversation that we had. What's the importance of the second interview? Because we hearing this a whole lot more than we usually. It's like, hey, he interviewed. He did well. Uh, We had six or seven applicants or whatever the situation is. But here, it's been like the second interview. Maybe a third interview pending. What that be for? Um, People scared of making the same mistake twice. Just mm-hmm. trying to make sure they checked all the boxes, trying to make sure what they see, where they see the team going and the coach's philosophy aligns. They're trying to make sure it all aligns up and makes sense. Um, we've seen people do things like Justin Herbert. Um, we've seen things with Brandon Staley, who just didn't understand how to put him in a winning position, mainly because he was so focused on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, what is your? I don't understand. What is your defense coordinator for? That's and that's the thing. to get Gatorade. That's the thing, man. I just you got to have people all on the same page. You got to have people all on the same page. You got to have a head coach who trusts his coordinators to make those decisions and things like that. Uh, 
we just got to see, man. Hopefully, we see a lot better. Because last year, it was, like I said, the jobs that's open are open for a reason. Right. It's not like people did anything. This is not the year where people did premature decisions mm-hmm. or erratic decision-making. They just couldn't get it done. All these decisions are valid decisions to have been made. Right. Okay, well, check this decision then. Harbaugh got hired by the Chargers. Talk to me. Check your pants. Um. Makes sense on a lot of levels. Um, from him, he he checked off all his boxes at Michigan. Honestly, what else is there to do? He reached the ceiling at Michigan. Is what you're saying? What else is there to do? He pro- another title. Now that's the thing. You can chase. You can chase the Nick Sabans, the Bear Bryant's. Mm-hmm. Those you can chase those guys of the world. Yeah. But it's my thing is, and I understand it. My thing is, he won this championship with a quarterback he's had for two, three years now. He's entering the draft. Do you want to try to rebuild this thing? Because that's essentially what you do in college. Are you willing to try to rebuild this thing up again? Go through maybe you don't reach the college football playoffs the next couple of years. Now this NFL jobs aren't on the table. Or do you pounce on it now considering the fact of the turnover that your roster is going to face? Mm-hmm. That's what I say it makes sense. You're losing J.J. McCarthy. You're losing Blake Curran. You're losing your star defensive tackle. And you're getting paid millions of dollars. <laughs> I mean, it don't, it's, it, it, it's a win-win. Right. You get to go coach one of the higher-ceiling quarterbacks in the NFL, mm-hmm. which will make your job a little bit easier. Right. And when you think about that and everything, right, we don't know uh, uh, the validity of this, but um, it's a possibility that he could be taking some of that Michigan staff with him. If, if that's a possibility, though, man, I mean, imagine the abandonment issues these college players in Michigan going to be having, man. I mean, you're looking at a roster dump. Perhaps everybody that could be able to go to the NFL or enter the draft wheel, and then you basically starting from scratch. And that's the thing, too. We've seen it with the Alabama fallout from Nick Saban retiring. Mm-hmm. Tom will only tell if Michigan has to deal with the same kind of fallout from losing your head coach. But I think it's inevitable when you do something like this. Like we, I, I think I said this on a prior episode. These kids aren't committing to the school because they want to go to this school. They're committing to the school because they wanted to play for you. Whether it is I wanted to play for the head coach, whether it's I wanted to play for the wide receiver coach, offensive coordinator, linebacker coach. I want, I like the trainer because he brought me an extra juicy juice when I came on a visit. Whatever the hydrate, whatever the reason is, nine times out of ten is not because of the school's name mm-hmm. that they want to go there, unless they're you know hometown kid born down the street. But those guys don't even want to go there unless it's something bringing them there. Right. So, you have to think, like Jaden Davis, prime example, he's a quarterback from Charlotte who committed to Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. I feel like that's so dependent on a coach relationship. That position especially is dependent on coach relationship. It's hard for me not to imagine him entering his name back into the portal. Right, right. I got you. It's hard for me because the same thing, like I said, Alabama, and this is a problem. Alabama's dealing with it right now. Washington is dealing with it right now because of his coach moving to Alabama. So people are going to try to follow their – as soon as he made that announcement, at least five Washington players were into the transfer portal. Mm -hmm. Trying to follow their coach 
or find another place because they don't trust this new guy coming in. Right. You get what I... So it's a lot of... You told me one thing. I was your guy coming in. I was going to be the next guy coming in. How am I going to believe that this guy is going to have that same feelings towards me? Philosophy, too. Yeah, to to lead that team in the same way. It's hard. Mm -hmm. And Michigan fans, I know they're holding their breath right now. Because, like I said, and I can just keep coming back to it because the way Alabama has, I won't say falling off, but just the fallout from the Nick Saban decision is a lot. Right. And it's hard for me to think that they'll be at the same level that we've came used to Alabama being. At least it'll be a long time before they get back to that. And so is Michigan starting this same and it is and it's y'all just got to the mountaintop. Mm. Y'all was fighting that and that's the thing with Jim Harbaugh. You was fighting that can he do it? Can he do it? Can he do it? He finally got it done and now he on the run out the door. Mm. Yep, I feel you. I feel you for sure. Well, listen, well, let me ask you this. With all that being said, is, is there any other uh, coaching uh, possibilities or moves that stand out to you right now? Do you know, did uh, you thinking of, um, whether it be in the NFL or in college? Um, So, before we move to the NFL, another thing with college, and it's the Alabama thing again, but you know it's just so – it's a big – Transition for college football fans. Right. Nick Saban again has, well, not Nick Saban, Alabama has lost their, and you know, that was one thing that I was saying that they still could look forward to. They lost their 2024 five star quarterback commit to Ohio State. Mm. They also lost their true freshman All American safety to Ohio State. Mm. Now, the one saving grace is their five star who had to decommitted earlier, the wide receiver, Warren Williams, who committed as soon as the Nick Saban news came out. He's recommitted to Alabama. Shocking development for me, only because you it came right after the five-star signal caller said he was leaving for Ohio State. So that's, it's, it's a shocker for me because you left because of Nick Saban, not returning. Mm-hmm. Your five-star signal caller enters the transfer portal, and you come back to a – I won't say the quarterback room is – the quarterback room doesn't have a standout to me. Jalen Merrill, who won a starting job last year, he's not a pure thrower of the football. And that's what I was saying about Julian saying. He would have been the best pure passer of that football in that quarterback room. Now he is in a loaded quarterback room to where he might not even see the field. <laughs> and that's the dance that you play with this transfer pool. That's the chance you take. And the... It's just it's interesting to just watch all of this, right? And it's interesting for me also to see who who. It's not going to be a passing of the torch moment. It's going to be somebody snatches that thing out the air. Mm-hmm. Who is going to be the guy? Because we understand in college, it's 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 a guy, it's a guy. Nick Saban was the guy. Kirby Smart has potential to beat that Dabo Sweeney. Was looking like he was becoming. Who's gonna be that guy to where now we know it year in year out? This is who we're gonna have to go through. It's a it's 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 about three four teams that I can see really making that push. You have Georgia and Kirby Smart. Mm-hmm. You have Texas and Steve Car- Steve Sarkees. You have Oregon and Dan Lanning, and you have Ohio State and Ryan Day. Gotcha. These teams, I think, are in the best position to become that 
New Alabama. Mm-hmm. Only because of what they did last year. Or not even just last year, what they've been doing the previous couple years. And then also what... They, and I'll even throw Florida State in there as well. Just because of how they've attacked transfer portal, how they've attacked recruiting. They're the new hot spots in college football. Right, right. These are places where people want to go play. So so uh, if that guy is what he needs to be, which team do you see getting there? It's hard for me to not pick Georgia. I got you. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking too. It's hard for me not to pick Georgia. Mm-hmm. But just seeing what Ohio State has done in this transfer portal, mm-hmm. I think now it'll be can you do it going forward for the next couple of years. But with what like what I'm – what they've done with snapping the number one running back in the, in the, in the portal, snapping the number one safety in the portal, who was a true freshman last year, snapping the five-star number one quarterback in this 2024 class, as well as the number seven quarterback who had already committed to you out of this recruiting class. You go get a, a real Rodgers, an already established veteran quarterback in this transfer portal. You, We already know how you guys recruit. Right, receivers. <laughs> exactly. You got the That's what one, they do. You got the number one receiver coming again <laughs> on top of the, the the number one from last year. Right. Oh, you, you know what I'm saying? We know how you guys do when it comes to recruiting defensive backs. You've, you've landed a Chase Young, a Joey Bosa's. You've done these things before. Now it's going to be a, a little easier for you to do it. So that's, I would put the race between Georgia, mm-hmm. Ohio State's right behind them. And then right below that is Texas. I got you. I feel it. Listen, let's take let's talk, let's touch this uh this uh um coaching chess match just one more time before we move on. Um uh listen, Carolina Panthers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they hired Dan Morgan as a GM. Yeah. All right, is 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 you tell me your thoughts on that and everything because they still haven't signed a coach yet. Uh do you think this is gonna make a difference or a change, especially you know uh, how management is up there? I think he'll have a say in it. I think that's why they went with him first. Mm-hmm. Um he's the he's been around. He's been in that building. He was our assistant GM. Played for the team. He was our assistant GM. Um he knows the game too. He was a a serviceable linebacker when he was in the league. So he knows the game. I mean, Frank Rich played for the team too, but we ain't going to talk about that. No. He was was no good. Let's let's talk about that. Go ahead. (laughs) Just because you played for the team, that's not what I'm saying. He was actually good for the team. But... uh, but and that's the thing, he's not a coach either. Right. He's up in the he's up in the building in right. the office. So yeah. that's another thing. He won't try to he won't be so hard headed on this is my team and this is the way I want to coach it. Right. No. So and that's just hopefully because that's the thing too, he's been around this team. He's been in this locker room, so he knows these players and he knows what this team is missing. Right. Hopefully. And that's the it still has to be done, but hopefully he He's put in a position to where he can make the the right decisions going forward. I got you. Does Cam Newton or should Cam Newton have a spot somewhere in that front office? Yes. Okay. You, you tell me where. Even if it's in charge of just media and, and 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 just fan relations, whatever job you can find for this man, even if it's something just to get people in the seats. Um, because he was filling the stands when he was QB one, and I and he's still a fan he was favorite. The stands when he came back. For that last little stick. So, and that's the thing. He's a great businessman, too, as Mm -hmm. well. So, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure he would find ways to get people in those seats, even if we have another year struggling. Right. Exactly. All right, Carolina Panthers. 
Hi, it's your boy Cam Newton. Call him up, man. <laughs> you got his number. Listen, the uh, the Eagles OC is O U T. Uh, I just when I thought when I heard about that, what was I know they had some struggles. I don't get me wrong, nine point production, this that and the other. Don't get me wrong, they did have their struggles, but they started that thing out ten and one. All right, so they now uh, was that the main problem though? You know. They they got rid of the whole staff. Yeah, D, D, DC two and everything yeah, and all that. You they know, got rid of Sirianni too. Uh, I mean, uh, not Sirianni. I, I yeah, he's the head coach. Everything except for Sirianni. Right. Um. OCDC. Yeah. Uh. Scapegoat. Hmm. Just just trying to get ahead of the people pointing fingers. Guess what just popped? All right, listen. This just popped in my head. All right, so you remember it was a whole it was a whole long conversation about uh, uh, Jalen Hurts and his offensive coordinator switching, 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 switching. Then it finally got you know stabilized. Now you switching again. People, and that's the thing. People are only reacting the moment. Yeah, man, this is crazy. Like they'll say that thing. They'll say we got to get him a stable. You know, we got to stabilize this 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 coaching room. We got to do this. We got to do that. As soon as you get the chance, you send him out the door. <laughs> I mean, okay. Listen, let's talk about this right here. Let's talk about the COs, baby. These conference finals, baby. You got the AFC. You got the NFC. They are set to be played. But first, we do know that the Lions took care of the Bucks. All right. Now, chop analysis. One or two choices. The Bucks retool or rebuild. It's tough. Mm-hmm. That's a tough one. You got to choose one. Retool, rebuild. Chop analysis. I think you retool it. Okay, cool. Now, Baker Mayfield, uh, his numbers for this game was 26 for 41, uh, 349 yards, three touchdowns. He did have two picks. But if you're going to do what you just said do and everything, how you how you feel about the overall season and where they go from here, especially with the QB1 situation, the head coaching situation, and the Mike Evans? Um... Now, that's the thing. We got to see where Mike Evans, where his head is at. Right. Um, Because you don't bring back a Baker Mayfield if you don't at least have a Mike Evans. Mm -hmm. And it just ain't going on. But that's another thing, too. Baker Mayfield, I think, has done – he did enough this year to get another chance. He he got you guys a division title, got you in the playoffs, got you past the double – you know, the the arguably best team that – They've been the best team all year the first round. Got him out of there. Right. Uh, so I think he's done enough to at least be on this roster next year fighting for that QB1. Just the, the, depending on who you can bring in in the draft or free agency. But even though, that's the thing. If, I feel like if you got to go free agency route, you don't pay another guy to come in here. Mm-hmm. But, if you, of course, if there's a guy you like in the draft, not first round though, but if there's a guy you like in the draft later on, Take a chance on him. Bring him in. Competition never hurts. Right. But It actually keeps you a little focused. But I think he deserves another chance at this thing. Because I don't think – I'm not 100% sure. We know how weak the NFC South is. We know how it is. All right, let's be real. Uh, but I don't know – Or is it just so good that they all – No, it's, okay. no, it's a weak conference. Okay. Listen, but I don't think <laughs> – I almost got him. Listen, uh, Tampa Bay, though, I don't think they even seen themselves getting this far. So I would grade it as a, a successful season, but I, like you said, got to figure out what Mike going to do. And uh, 
like you say, Baker Mayfield, I feel he did play a very good season. All right, listen, how about that AFC thing? Now, we had a situation where Kansas City and the Bills, okay, we know KC won that thing 27-24. Uh, uh, chop analysis, retool, rebuild for the Bills. Oh, you know, you... Retool. Retool. Okay. Now, Josh Allen's numbers for this game was 26 and 39, 186 yards, uh, one touchdown passing. 12 carries, 72 yards, two touchdowns rushing. Kind of looked like he tried to do it all on his all by himself again, all by his lonesome when he had 10 other people on the field. And then you got the fake punt, the missed field goal, and the field. That was to tie the game, not win. Go ahead and talk to me about it, baby. Thought process. Um, What's next for Buffalo? Bills did. Bills did what Bills do. Leave the door open and, and, and give you a chance to win the game because they was in control, man. Mm-hmm. They was in control of this game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, he does what he does. If you give him a chance, he's gonna capitalize. That's all he needs is a chance. He's gonna capitalize on it. A little bit of breathing room. And then they just and then the Bills. You get to the end of it. You at least got to give yourself a fighting chance in overtime. You got to make that field goal. Um, it's a couple kickers' foot went crooked, done turned into glass or, 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 or bricks. Yeah, Packers went through it too. Yeah, man, I was like, come on, you, you you came in rated one of the highest, you know, kickers out there and everything, and you know. But listen, I did see that kick, man. You talking about some English? I thought he was playing pool with his foot. Did you see how hard yeah, that thing turned? Yeah, I don't begin why they put that that turn on there. Yeah, I was like, what? Okay. A lot of people do that intentionally. Yeah. Like, Curve it back in. Uh, I'm, I'm more straightforward. Yeah. The quickest way to my destination, let's get there. <laughs> I got you. When you think about this, though, right? All right, listen, Josh Allen, great quarterback. Ain't taking nothing from the man. All right, but would he be a better fit on a different team? Maybe he need to be in a different system. And let me tell you why I say that, okay? The Buffalo Bills offense is... Josh Allen, get the ball to Stephon Diggs. If he ain't open, run for as many yards as you can run for and everything, and then start all over again. Um, You're absolutely right when it comes to that. But I think... I've been watching the game. I think they <laughs> kind of... I think they kind of started to answer that question of is it a two-man show with get, picking up um, James Cook, they found him getting a Dalton Kincaid. Cook been cooking to be their kind of Travis Kelsey in this offense. Now it's gonna take some growth. He was a rookie this year, but he did show a lot of great moments for this team. Mm. Um, then you got Shakur, Khalil Shakur, who burst onto the scene for them this year. Um, they still got Gabe Davis, I believe. Dawson Knox out there. Um, so it's just gotta be, and that's the thing. I think it's time to start looking at the coach. Ah, Sean McDermott. This is one. This is one of those times where the record I don't think saves them. Mm-hmm. The the constant winning in the regular season I don't think saves you anymore. Yeah. Because you have the talent, and on a down year, and a down year for the Chiefs, you still weren't able to get it done. Mm-hmm. I think I gotta look at you now. Think about because it. I can't look at Josh Allen when he's. He got here and played a, an almost perfect game. Mm-hmm. He played a great game. Did everything he possibly could to have put us in position to win this game. I can't look at Stephon Diggs. He's Stephon Diggs. He can only do with what somebody throws him the ball. You get what I'm saying? Right. Those type things. Mm-hmm. I have to kind of look at you. Mm-hmm. What's the other constant in these scenarios? Mm-hmm. 
The most you. right, exactly. Who you think need to be slid in there, man? If it's a possibility, and it does take place, if the seat is warming up, um, there's some people out there, man. There's some people still looking for a job. Mike Vrabel, mm-hmm. I think, would be a great pickup for that Buffalo Bills team, just because of I think he would fit what you think of when you think of Buffalo Bills. Right, hard nosed, gritty, blue collar. I think he would fit. He would fit the identity of the Bills team. Um, but I also think you got to look at somebody who can get this offense to take the next step. Eric B? That's one guy. But I think the, if the commanders are smart, they don't, keep him. they don't let him walk out that door. Right. They, I just don't see how you, you let somebody like that walk out, especially when you got a chance to bring in number two overall quarterback. So you, you just don't let this – a guy with that offensive mind. Right. That makes sense. Well, check this out. These, you know, these conference games, they set to be played, and we're going to chop it. Now, listen, I need your take on this AFC matchup. You got the Ravens and the Chiefs. Let's start right here. The Ravens will lose this game if what happens? Um, If Lamar Jackson turns the ball over. Okay. That's, that's really the only question mark for me is if he turns this ball over. Okay, and the Chiefs will win this game if what happens? The wide receivers catch the ball. I got you. So what you expect out of this with those combinations? How you feel this thing is going to pan out at the end? Um, I've been yelling it all year, and I can't, I can't turn my back on them now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got Ravens. Yeah, going to the Super Bowl. Um, I think this defense would be able to do enough to bother Patrick Mahomes in this offense. Like I said, it's a down year for this offense, and it's an up year for this Baltimore Ravens defense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they'll be able to to bother him just enough, and I think Lamar Jackson is too locked in. Right. Now, uh, let's not forget the situation on the game that they played before this, and I'm talking about the Ravens and everything or whatever. Pretty much, Lamar Jackson came out the second half and, and, and took over the game. Yeah. Okay. He has the capability. He He... Patrick Mahomes does too, but this is what I was be saying. Lamar's capability to do it is just that more dynamic mm-hmm. because he can do it with his legs to an extent that nobody else can. Nobody else in the league can do what he can do with his legs. And then now that his – I don't even think his passion is coming along. I think he was always a great passer. I think now that he has a legit wide receiver room, it's showing what he can do as a quarterback, as a true passer of the football. Right, right. I got you. We already know that uh, Odell Beckham Jr. can take the top off of any defense and everything. But what's the X factor in this game? Tell me the X factor. Isaiah Likely. Okay. He has to continue to play at the level he's played at since Mark Andrews went down. Mm-hmm. He's They're a big tight end offense. They're heavy on getting the ball to their tight ends. Um, so he has to contribute at some point in this game. Right, right. I got you. And when you think about the Chiefs and everything and what to do, like they say, they're going to have to catch the ball. But it seemed to me like Pacheco. Yeah, Pacheco's going to be big for them too. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have to – the thing is, this more than any other team, you want to keep Lamar off the field. Right. So the way you do that is run the ball and control. Time of possession, T.O.P. Exactly. Yeah, I got you. Ravens, Chiefs, give me a score. I got Ravens. I'll go 31, uh, Chiefs 23. Okay, cool. NFC. Now I, I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say the two teams, and then you 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 do your thing. Okay, 49ers versus them Lions. I, NFC conference. I think I owe Detroit an apology. Oh, what you say? I think I owe them an apology. <laughs> 
Now that last game, it was the skin of their teeth, man. Yeah, but, it was like a one point game. But now, and y'all, that was the, the two games in the playoffs for them. They won both, but they barely was getting in there. Yeah. But um, I gotta give them credit for they found a way to actually get here, though. Mm-hmm. And that's what you—that's what you're trying to do. It's just get here. I uh, caught them pretenders all year. They weren't the real pretenders. If we, if you were, it, it was them Eagles and the Cowboys and the teams like that. Those was the pretenders. Um, so, and where, as far as that goes, I will apologize to Detroit and their fan base. I wasn't. Uh, what what Shaq say? I wasn't familiar with your game. <laughs> hey, you know we're we're talking about we're on up to it, baby. We good with that. I That's wasn't what we do. With your game, <laughs> but nah, um, love it now. With that being said, I still think the Detroit is the the weaker of the four teams that's left standing. Mm-hmm. Um, and also they got benefit of. You know, just schedule benefit of who they had to go up against and other people taking taking care of the two bigger threats out there. Oh, yeah. You know, that green and yellow took care yeah. of them Cowboys and everything. And, 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 you know, and we should have won and that next game they after that. didn't want to see you guys either. No. They got lucky with the draw of hand and, and getting the bucks. They right. didn't They didn't want to see you in love either. Mm-hmm. But um, with that being said, though, their, their, their fairytale run comes to an end. Mm-hmm. Uh, it comes to an end. Um, Listen, but I, I and I understand that man, but 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 um, I do want to say this one thing, you know, and let you continue. I was not impressed with that 49ers in in, in they in they uh, game, man, against our them Green Bay Packers. I was not impressed at all. Yeah, no, oh, uh, you guys, you, I won't say you lost that game. It slipped out of you guys' hands. Yeah, we stomped our toe a couple times it, on it. It slipped out of you guys' hands to where you guys just couldn't make enough plays to put them away mm-hmm. and they're one of those teams you can't let them stay in it because they do have enough weapons to all it takes is a couple plays right and that's exactly what they did yeah I got you so back to this 49ers Lions I just think they come out with what you just said in mind we know we we, we got lucky last week mm-hmm. we, 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 we 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 shouldn't be here with the type of football we played last week. And that's what I think will be the difference. I got you. They will come out and I wanna say be clicking on Austin. Yeah, when you when you think about it and everything, you talk about uh think about Debo or Samuels and everything all week long, they talk about 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, cool. Do do you think that the 49ers can win with or without him? Yes. Okay. I think it's a possibility to win with or without him as long as Brock just doesn't String together empty possessions. Mm-hmm. You can't string together multiple of those in a row. Cause we know Detroit's offense is formidable. Mm-hmm. They do have weapons too. Like let's not just go out there and act like Amon St. Brown is not a real thing. Right. Jameson Williams is not a real thing. Sam Laporte, Jameer Gibbs, David. These are real threats to what you want to get done. So you can't leave points on the board. I'll say that. You have to take advantage of everything, even not those uh, fourth and three on the on the thirties. Uh, you know, it's a fifty-five yard field goal, but we gonna go for it on four. No, <laughs> take the points. Take every point you possibly can. This game, it's, right? You're gonna need it. Yeah, and that's I think they win the game that way, and I think it's similar to that Packers get twenty-seven, twenty-four. 
Okay, well that's that, that's cool then. Got them 49ers on that one. Yeah. Okay. If you think about that and we're just putting it all together, okay, what you have is the Ravens and the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Okay. And uh should I even ask you uh who you think will win that matchup? Because both of these teams you have highly praised all season long. But one of them I praise just a little more. Uh, who that be? Baltimore. <laughs> Yeah, that is true. I was just checking the temperature of the water. Okay. <laughs> well, listen, we're going to see how all of this pans out for February the 11th, 2024. And listen, and when it happens, we're going to talk about it. Y'all know the meet us here. Yeah. Hey, I would like to thank everyone for listening today. Please join us again on our next episode of the Donald and Donald Podcast. Yeah, you don't miss it, baby. Please remember to drink your water and don't forget to stretch. Yeah, don't worry about your win. Just know it's coming. All right. See y'all next episode. Double D. Yeah.